Welcome back to episode three of Self-Deception and Denial in Relationships. Uh, hopefully you haven't missed the previous conversations with my former counselor, now mentor and friend, Mike Pinkston. If you have, go to either whichever way you're watching this, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, go back to the playlist under Heal the Hurt podcast, and you'll find the previous episode. So you don't want to miss any of that. This is a long conversation, almost two hours long, that I've broken into three separate um, uh, videos to help you navigate it a little bit better and digest the information. And there's a lot here because self-deception is the single greatest way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply we keep ourselves from achieving our dreams it's incredibly difficult to see and navigate and understand and it's something i'm going to be talking a, a lot more about because it's critical in your self-development journey if you want to have a great relationship if you want to be a great parent if you want to succeed in your career self-deception is the single greatest killer that's keeping us from all of those things now remember Always, you can go to my uh, free online magazine site for tons more information on many different topics. It is filled with all my videos, all my articles. There are free exercises you can download, access to the book that I've written that helps you with all of this, recommendations to other great authors and teachers, uh, a whole section on book recommendations. You can learn more about my master classes if you want to dig deeper and do some more of this work, my private group where I coach you. Also the one-on-one -on -one coaching, it is basically your one-stop shop for everything personal development. That's why I put it together to make it easy for you so you don't have to Google search everything. You just go to www.thegreatnessuniversity.com and you can find everything you need to conquer what it is that's keeping you from the greatest version of yourself. So let's uh, finish up with all this and get right to the final part of my conversation with Mike, and I hope you enjoy it. The self-deception and the denial when it comes to two things, relationships and parenting. I don't need to go learn anything about those. I know what to do. I watch my parents or I don't do that. Like, the massive amount of self-deception and denial about the pain and trauma we all experience in childhood. Everyone, every, like it is not possible for any of us to escape childhood without wounds, unless you were raised by a God, because think of it, it would require perfection to escape childhood without a wound of, you know, or many wounds. It's just not possible. Every person is perfectly imperfect and screws up and at times is abandoning or controlling or walled off, all these different things, especially as a society that's never taught any of it and people aren't even aware of it. So how can you even tell me your childhood was perfect and you didn't experience any of this? So the level of denial and self-deception to face any of that, own that and do anything about it, what would you say to somebody who's listening right now who's caught in that and going, or they know somebody and going, yeah, I don't need to learn any of that. That's a waste of time. 
or I just disagree with you, Kenny. What would you say? Well, I, you know, the first thing I, you know, I, I don't think that I would win this, this discussion. Um, you know, I, you're, I so, think that, you're so beautiful. I just love how <laughs> kindly you say that. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, you know, that, that, you know, when you're behind that wall, uh, you know, it usually takes uh, some fairly severe life events to change, you know, uh, a divorce, a loss of a job, a loss of a child, a loss of a mate, that, those kind of things where you start asking those questions again. Um, and, 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 but, the, you know, the place I would tell them to look is look at your relationships. And look, you know, if you've got kids, look at, you know, how do you parent, you know, Often we see, you know, parents come in that, you know, they're, they're so upset that they can't control their kids and they don't really have a relationship with their kids. They don't know what's going on with their kids. And I'm talking about teenagers mainly. And, um, and why? Because there's not been the model of relationship and a relationship that includes um, learning how to problem solve and a relationship that includes empathy. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's the place where I, you know, I think I would, you know, when I have one, and it's usually a guy that comes in that's like this, um, when I have them come in, I, I just go, how, how would you judge? Um, the way you interact with your kids oh it's it's fine and then five sessions later they're talking about how much pain they have because their uh, kid is uh, either going in a direction that they don't don't want to go in or don't want to go in or they're angry because their kid doesn't want to spend time with them or they're angry because their kid isn't the good looking you know, kid, so to speak, you know, um, I'm thinking of this uh, situation, not one of my clients, one of my therapists, where the, you know, the dad is working really hard on trying to look good, um, and daughters, one of them is a hero child, and the other one's a black sheep, and, and he's so upset that he can't control the black sheep, he's really not controlling either one of them. One of them just learned that if I do it this way, I look good and I get in the heats off. And, and the other, the, you know, the black sheep child, she's just telling the truth. Things suck around here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's sad is that probably both of the, I mean, the one I'd worry about is the one that's a good child. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, but but both, of, both of them are, are going to probably choose relationships that, that look like that. Unless they intervene for themselves. And, you know, I, I would have thought that I was really good at that kind of stuff, too. And um, if I hadn't uh, gone through a divorce, you know, I thought I was a good husband. <laughs> And I didn't know anything about relationships. I mean, we're, like you said, where are you going to learn from two drunks? I mean, no, um, you're not. 
you know, you're going to learn intensity. You're not going to learn intimacy. And, um, and, but that put me in enough pain that I knew I had to do something different. If I wanted, you know, you know, I didn't want to be my age now and not have relationships with my kids, not have relationship with my wife, uh, that is, uh, deep and tender, um, is that- if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Does that answer your question? Um, it's been my experience when I get calls from parents um, and they're, they, you know, they want help with their kids, usually a teenager. And the question I always ask is, you know, is that they'll tell me a little bit about what's going on. I said, well, I always say something along the lines of, um, well, what if we discovered there might be things you and your husband or you and your wife could do or address that might help your child? Are you open to that possibility? And if I get a response like, well, no, it's, it has nothing to do with us. This is them. Um, I won't take them on as a client. Um, but I have found even those that in all but two cases, it's been my experience, any parent who's struggling with a child, the child is just mirroring what the parents are doing. Yeah. And the second I show that to the parent of how their child is just acting out their own dysfunction and that if the parent were to heal their dysfunction, the child would go in a different direction, they leave. I'll never see them again. And that, that's the self-deception that I find heartbreaking that parents want to place the blame on their child as though their child grew up in a vacuum and somehow magically had these dysfunctions that they had nothing to do with. And, and I blame the medical community for this too and science and everybody that it, it's common. Not I mean, it's just look, every parent influences their child and their child's development. And for that, that is, that's not even considered in most medical diagnosis. Like, like it's not even brought up. That I find criminal. And I think that's, I'm not, and this isn't about blaming because you can't blame people who are unaware. Right. It's about responsibility and, and love for ourselves. How can a parent not screw up when you haven't been taught how to do it? And even if right. you weren't taught, right? You know, I mean. But but what you're saying is there, you know, there has to be a willingness to do it different. You know, if it's working out so good, then why are you sitting talking to me? <laughs> and uh, I don't ever say that to a client. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, here were a couple of, I wrote down some characteristics. Tell me what you think of these. 
for people that to consider whether they might be struggling with self-deception and add to these and you know if you hear something that's missing but some of the things that I've noticed are the problem repeats itself particularly relationship problems if that if there's a continual pattern there there's most likely self-deception when there's critique you know anytime we're critiqued and, and that can be criticism or you know um but they constantly defend their their initial reaction is defense without even trying on the critique or learning about the critique and going wait a minute why do you see it that way but it's a, any critique is immediately meant with a defensive wall and and diversion um there's addiction present um there's a predominant feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness, or anger, um, mostly because they think the solution lies in someone else um, and that the change needs to occur in the other person, not in themselves. Um, tremendous justification, and that mostly looks like yes, but, or well, that's because. So they might take their critique and then follow with a yes, but, or a because. Um, blaming others for any aspect of their life and, and not recognizing that they played a part in it. Um, trying to change others or believing that the other person needs to change and no aspect is about themselves. You mentioned this, playing the hero by making the situation worse or um, you know, making what the other person did worse than, than what they did or making ourselves better than the other person victimhood and listing cataloging evidence against the other person those were some there you could go on and on but those were some main things that popped into my head what sort of things would you add to that list well um, i'm i'm trying to think this out because i think most of that um what you described is uh coming mainly from the powerless side of the spectrum and um and i think i mean i think that it, it does show up uh i mean falsely empowered people still have those uh characteristics in their life they just don't uh look at it that way um i i would like to think about that more so that i can be more concrete than than i am right now but Again, uh, you know, I think if, if we go back to, you know, the Pia's model and you look at the false empowered side, um, you have you have the better than perspective. So I know what's going on. You know, I am the person in power. When you were talking, I was thinking about um, certain types of men who are power men, you know, they're corporate leaders and that kind of thing and um and the reality is you know I, I, I have a good friend who comes across that way now he isn't that way he's 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 definitely uh been working on this area but he just comes across very much in control and he has the answers he knows you know what's going on with with everything and uh he doesn't present that way uh, so much, but he could, he just doesn't. Um, but as I have gotten to know him more deeply, it's that there is 
you know, that that is a facade, a facade that I can't feel what I feel. I can't give myself care. I, you know, I have to be needless and wantless. Um, I have to be in charge of reality or I don't feel safe. I have to hide behind walls or I don't feel safe. And, um, you know, I have to, like I say, I, you have to look in control. And so, so it's, it's all, all these aspects are really kind of the goals of, at least for men in our society. And it's becoming the goals for women, like what you pointed out before that, you know, I'm in charge. I know what's going on. I, you know, I live behind these walls. I don't really know uh, what reality is, but I think I do. I, um, tell people what truth is and and um you know like we get on our pulpits about that and look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I have about 600 videos of me on the pulpit, Mike. I'm very good at that. Um, <laughs> and articles and a book. Like I am, I gotta, I have a, I get stuck on that pulpit quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that, I become needless and wantless, and and um, and and not become. I am needless and wantless, and uh, seeing seeing self care um, as a way to protect myself versus self care being a way to care for myself. And um, you know, I think uh, you know, I think our society has moved in this direction of you know. Well, if I if I'm all those things, I'm successful, and I I don't think that's successful. I then what is successful? Give people paint a picture of what moderation would look like in maturity. Well, you know, I go I go back again to Pia, uh, being able to uh, love and accept yourself in your imperfections, um, in reality. Uh, that's that's the beginning and and self-love is uh, you know it's a difficult you know I have to choose to love myself and that that's that's a hard skill to learn um, because it's not based on performance and it's not based on doing and it's not based on how good I look or how how smart I am or or how smart you are and you're my friend you know or how good looking you are, and you are good, you look marvelous. <laughs> anyway, um, but so there's that. There's there's uh, the element of learning how to live on your side of the net and uh, have internal boundaries um, where you have, you know, when I picture an internal boundary, um, which I think is probably more important than, than you know, external boundaries of, you know, I touch agree. and things like that um but but there's got to be a place where uh 
you can know yourself and you can know yourself in truth and 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 still have love and, and respect and and care for yourself so there's that element um i think it's about um being able to have reality but not have to dictate reality which is the foster power side or have somebody else tell you what reality is and you know Sometimes in, in therapeutic situations, people come in and, and they don't know what reality are. And they look at you as, you know, look at me as the answer guy. And, and, you know, that doesn't work very well with me. I'll just turn it around on them and ask them, you know, and I'm not doing that to be hard on them. I'm doing that um, because they've been taught that somebody else has the answer. And, um, and both of us are about, you know, we're, 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 we don't want to give we, want, we don't want to be the answer. We want you to be the answer for yourself. And, and, and that means that you can see uh, reality and you don't have to um, defer all the time and you don't have to tell people, you know, what reality is. Um, and that's caregiving. Yeah. And then there's, then there's self-care, you know, learning to ask for what you want and need. And, to me, this is a real biggie because I think uh, when people get frustrated and they want the other person to to fix them, they don't go to that step. They don't go, hey, would you be willing to listen to me? Would you be willing to um, rub my back or whatever? And, uh, and, and that also involves um, other types of things. Um, you know, again, men are empowered uh, that sex is the answer. Well, sex isn't the answer. I need love. I need understanding. I need care. I, I need touch that's non-sexual. And, uh, and so there's different ways that uh, people can learn to do that. Women are great at that. I mean, they go get pedicures and, uh, and, and manicures and, um, they do all, you know, they shop together and, you know, they, they do things, at least my experience, the women I know, uh, they do things together with people. Now, I know that, that that's, that's one of the things that, that the younger, and I don't mean like kids today, I mean, people younger than you and that women are not doing as well as they probably could. And, um, you know, li learning to live in a community of people and not, uh, be isolated. That's all about, you know, learning how to do self-care. Yeah. And, you know, moderate is, is um, kind of the last thing, you know, you know, are, are, am I emotionally going up or down to one extreme or another, or am I somewhat in a parameter in the middle? Um, and, emotionally or uh whatever and um so so you know my i've, I've told the story but you know that was the thing that that got me into neurofeedback which which was you is when you came in and you were talking about your relationship and this was no small thing that you were going through but you were moderate and and by that you know, what I expected is that you'd be throwing the trash can across the room, you know, because you'd be so upset uh, and so hurt, but you weren't. You were 
moderate. You were you were hurt. You could you 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 could cry. You could, you could be sad. You could, um, you know, you, you weren't being a victim. You know, you you were you, you were distressed in that situation, which that is appropriate for that situation. Uh, and yes, anger is a part of that too, but um, you know, it, 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 it was the beginning of a grief process. And uh, what got me, I mean, I was just wild. I mean, that's why I went, what happened to you? <laughs> is is um, that you were appropriate in in the emotion. Sorry, I'm getting a cramp in my hamstring. Um, you you were appropriate in the level of emotionality. You were you were appropriate in the way you were thinking about things. You were not avoiding it. You weren't uh, magnifying it. And um, to me, that's life in moderation, which, which I love is, the way you said that right there. That's moderation, not avoiding it or magnifying it. That's, and there's no deception in that. Right. And, you know, that's, that's, that's another piece of that. Cause, uh, you know, because you were in reality, and you could face that reality as hard as that was. Yet you had the abilities and the skills to stay boundary, to not lose yourself, to not disappear, um, either with a machoism or you know the victimized uh, side of it. And and you were asking for help. You were doing self care. And um, that's impressive. <laughs> I, looking at it, I'm so grateful to both women who put up with me. Um, and we got to journey our, both of our perfect imperfections with each other. You know, the, the two women I married and the things they taught me about me and that I learned about relationship and how it led me to all of these things. Like I, I, I mean, were there many sad, hurtful things that I've experienced? Of course, you know, and I wouldn't wish those on anyone. But man, thank God. And, but it's only thank God because instead of laying on the sidewalk, bleeding out, I chose to crawl to an emergency room which, you know, was many counselors before you. I mean, I, I, it wasn't that I just started with you. I started at 20, 21 years old. But sadly, very few people are what I would consider qualified. And luckily, the time was right for me to start. The journey was when I met you. And um but I'm incredibly, you know, that's what I realized is I needed that second marriage to, to face things. Because really what you're describing is a lot of, because I remember parts of those conversations we had is that marriage was falling apart. 
and really I was getting into reality. I was dropping out of self-deception. And, and that's what that relationship taught me the most was, oh my God, I am so full of it in so many areas. And not because I'm a bad person, but it's really hard to see this. And, and the whole society sets up. Yeah, it's, hard to, it's incredibly hard. And society is so deceived. All of its mechanisms promote not seeing it. Right. Like, whoa. And so, and the relief I felt when I could see it, because I, I, like, I, I came up with this analogy. I call it the scales of injustice. All of us. Even me, I still put myself in this category, are in massive denial and self-deception and some moments less, but we're, we're, I don't believe that process ever ends. I think there's too much, there's, the human psyche is too complex and we're too close to it to, to ever fully achieve complete awareness, authentic awareness of ourselves. I think it's too big of a, I think it's the task of life. And so because of our denial and self-deception, when there's denial and self-deception, there's no truth. I, I don't see myself clearly. And so because of that, the I don't see anything clearly, but I think I do. Exactly. And because of that, I, I can't have high self-esteem because with no truth, this must be low. They have to be out of, out of balance. Mm -hmm. And because I can't love myself if I don't know myself or see myself. And, and so ultimately, what's the remedy? Truth. I have to get some more sand on this scale of, oh my God, I'm full of it here. I'm full of it here. And, and there you would pick words that are much more kind than, you know, that, cause that sounds really aggressive and mean and, and it's not my intent. It, um, at any rate, there are better words to describe it. And one day I'll find them where they feel more soothing to me. Um, but the more I can see and admit, oh, yeah, I'm playing a part in this. And oh, I set this up. And oh, I manipulate. Here, a perfect example. Like I, our talk this week, you know, I was talking about an aspect of that relationship and how we broke up early on. I broke up with her, but then I saw the devastation in her face and I decided to stay because I, there was two things. One was, wow, growing up the way I did, that looks like somebody who cares about me. To be that devastated, you must care about me. But I had to admit, as I admitted to you, there's also a level of that's not a word, despic despicableness. It was despicable what I did because it was also about power and control. And I wanted that. I wanted, look at what I did to her. And, you know, so, but if I can admit that truth and also recognize, well, where did I learn that? Well, those are behave that level of manipulation. I can tell you my childhood. I can give you thousands of stories of how I learned that that's relationship. So 
I'm not excusing it, but I can take ownership of it. And that's the reconciliation process. At least when I learned to start to do that, that that's why the denial self-deception process to me is the cornerstone of any recovery. That has to be something everyone learns how to do on their journey because without it you're you're masking over and you don't even know it would you agree would yeah would agree. um why don't we end there because i think you brought up a great topic it, it, you know i'd like to do another show where because you said the change in me on neurofeedback i i'd like to do a show that's all about neurofeedback because it is it is a process and a therapy that brings results that I don't think anything else can deliver and, and it sticks. Right. And that's new and that's powerful. And I think the people that enjoy what I do need to learn about that because while there may be things I've helped them with, I can't, I can't get them across that bridge. Right. And, um, I was thinking about that earlier. First of all, neurofeedback is not new. It's been around for 60 plus years, but um, people's not, awareness of it. Awareness is, is a whole different thing. And I mean, you have to be in the right uh, place and time to even become aware of it. But um, what it does, I mean, what we're talking about today are skills in general. You know, having the ability to do self-care, having the ability, not the ability, having, learning the skill of self-love, learning the skill of boundaries and, and self-care. And, um, uh, but for many of us, um, because of the way our brain works, we, we don't have abilities that maybe someone whose brain was healthier would, would be able to do and um and so you know it, it you know the more i learn about how our brain works and how it operates the more you know i understand how important it is you know not only you know for people who are depressed or whatever but um but people that are relatively healthy but they have these inabilities to be able to um, function appropriately. And, um, you know, the, I, I guess that was the thing that I saw in you uh, was that you had lots of skills, but you didn't have the ability to get there. And, and that's right. And, and so, you know, neurofeedback's about learning how to self-regulate or teaching your brain to self-regulate so that you you are regulating yourself and and having that you know having that ability is very important here's here's how i would describe it this has been my experience with neurofeedback let to use your bookcase i've read a lot of books on all of this stuff and i've learned a boatload of information i've forgotten more than i remember <laughs> and um so, and filled in that is skills, knowledge, skills, and tools is the phrase I use all the time. Tons of them. I'm loaded with them. But many times in my process, 
I couldn't get to certain shelves on the bookcase. All that information, the knowledge, skill, and tool was right there. I knew it was there. I'd reach for it, but I couldn't grab it and, and use it because I didn't know this. The brain has a certain way it connects and talks to itself that allows those messages to be acted out. And you can see all of that and know it, but if those wires aren't connecting, you can't do it doesn't matter. And that's what was happening to me. And so when I struggle with certain pieces in my life, because I, I have that library to draw from, as I go back and look, when I get those wires crossed, it's like, bam, 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 bam. It's like, there, I can do it. And that's, that's an easy kind of lead into how all of that works. And I, I want to do a whole show where you can lay out for people. Cause I think people, because most people are unaware of it mm -hmm. and, and think it's new and don't know about it. Um, it needs to be a tool in their tool chest. And so um, that they, and, and remove the fear around it and uncertainty. And it's like, wow, I, I need to go look at this and get help with this. So um, why don't we call it quits on this one? And um, can, can I give one illustration that please. really is in line with what, uh, what we're talking about? In, in the brain, the right hemisphere is the social and relational hemisphere, and the left hemisphere is the factual and uh, informational language uh, happens in the left hemisphere. And in studies, they have shown that people that have strokes or they have some kind of lesions in in, in the right uh, parietal area, fusiform gyrus, um, they have a very difficult time actually reading uh, facial expressions, uh, understanding with empathy, all kinds of things like that. And what they discovered is that in, in, in these studies that where they had people that were truly impaired um, is that um, they would switch to their left hemisphere and make up a new reality and a new explanation. Some, you know, and so uh, some people that, that do things like that, you know, might, might have a condition called schizophrenia where uh, they think that they've been invaded. And that's their explanation. It's because the left hemisphere will make up something to, to cover the vacuum if the right hemisphere isn't working well. Well, I've seen that this, this area, and especially with men, um, they're, they're in a relationship with their wife and they aren't getting her. They don't catch the nuances they don't catch the subtleties of what she's saying to them because they have uh, damage either from concussion or whatever this this part of the brain over here is not working correctly and so they flip over and become lawyers you know experts and they argue and again they're not aware of the energy they put out and and they think I mean, again, we're talking about self-deception. They think they're doing it right. They are putting out effort. It's just that it's not hitting home. And uh, I remember a guy that that's me uh, that um, had this issue, and 
he called me up uh, after we'd worked with him and he goes, I now get it, you know, and this was his term. It wasn't mine, but he said, he said, I'm going to call that the asshole factor. He said, I just didn't, I, I thought I was getting there and I wasn't and, and I was missing it, but now I can see. It. And their relationship was on the brink of end, you know, and, and now it's not. And that, that's an ability. That's not a skill. I mean, he, he could have worked his butt off trying to mirror and do all the communication skills, all that kind of stuff. But giving him that ability to actually connect relationally. Turning that side of his brain on that he wasn't aware was shut down. Yeah. Brought up natural skills that were already there that he couldn't access. We just gave him something to see. Yeah. You know, he, he got into reality. Oh, right. Yeah. He, was, he was blind before, and and after that, he could see. Yeah. It's a great way. Uh, to thank you again. You're awful kind to let me join you, and I'm uh, always humbled. <laughs> well, I believe that feeling is mutual. We share in that. So um, I love that you. Give me and everyone else your time with this because there are a lot of people who want help and they just don't know where to go and what's the right help. And at least I can only speak from my experience. The things you've taught me that I now pass on to others and things I you know, also went and learned on my own have helped a lot of people. And um, I'm thankful that you're coming out and sharing it because Everyone well, says thank you things. have to pull me out. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everyone says things differently. And, you know, like I love Gabor Mate and the way he communicates a lot of this stuff. And, and because of what you were just talking about, the word choices and the demeanor that I use, I can many times go, ooh, it wasn't quite what I wanted. And I can't always get to it. And so yourself and others, you know, like Gabor specifically, I'm like, that's more the heart I want to express it with. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I just want more people to get reached and not everyone will enjoy my voice. So, um, but I want them to get the right, what I believe is the most thorough, complete information because there's a lot of people out there providing information. And all of it most likely is very good. Uh, but I think there's a depth and breadth that you offer that many don't. And that's what interests me. And I like to share that. So as to anyone watching or listening to this, if after listening to this, if you feel like self-deception um, and denial is a struggle for you, um, my suggestion to you is to pick up a copy of my book, Your Journey to Success. I have a whole process in there that teaches people the process I had to discover how to conquer my self-deception. That's really what it shows is how to discover that within yourself. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, you can find that on Amazon. I'd also encourage you to go to my website, www.thegreatnessuniversity.com. It is a wealth of free information. 
I'm getting Mike to write more articles. We have another one coming out soon. Um, he's writing more, but there's a previous article on there where you learn about neurofeedback. There are many things, codependence, narcissism, relationship, parenting, all these different dynamics. It's a wonderful resource of articles, videos, book recommendations, tons of resources and free download exercises, things to help you. Maybe it's not self-deception you're struggling with. Maybe it's something else, but... Um, many ways to help you. And as I always say, no matter what you decide to do, just please, if it works for you, enjoy the journey. <laughs>